You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. Check out the new website, lifeinfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Life in Football podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike Fee. And this your coach, Cole Moore. You know, we love life and enjoying football. Look out, look out your windows, look out your cars, ride through the hood as a superstar. She go by the name of Samantha Kincaid, and she also go by Sammy Kincaid. She's an amazing multimedia manager for UCL. Now, she can do anything you want to. Now, for us, I'm talking about the video, the photo, your social media, camera work. She can get on there and be a, be a news anchor for you. Let me just give y'all a little background of them. Can, can I stop she, you real quick? Can I go ahead. You? Sorry, I got promoted, so I actually have a new title now. Oh, okay, good, good. That's what we need to hear. That's what we need to hear. Go ahead. <laughs> it's senior producer. Senior producer. Yes. Oh, okay, so she's the senior producer still at UCL. And for y'all who don't know, that's the University of Central Florida in the great state of Florida, located in Orlando, down there with Walt Disney. <laughs> and, and and like I was saying, she's done it all. She's been a sports intern for WBIR TV and she graduated when she from the University of Tennessee. Really where she started everything is. She got a degree in journalism and she was a student recruiter as well for the University of Tennessee. And she was a high school reporter for WBIR as well. She was a reporter for UT Sports. She was a Fox Sports reporter up in Knoxville. She was a producer as well now for WRCB. So this ain't her first time being a producer. And like I said, she was a multimedia um, for UCL. Now she didn't mean produce. I mean promoted to producer. So she she really the top dog down there for the media world for UCL, and I'm telling you when y'all see the videos she do, it's amazing, top of the line. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and let Simo bring on. How you doing, Samantha? I'm good. How are you guys doing? That was quite the introduction. Thank you for that. You guys really did your research on everywhere I've been. <laughs> That's what we do. We want to make it a, a a whole blessed trip all the way around. Yeah, no, that was that was very, very kind. Thank you. That was definitely quite the inter- introduction. <laughs> no problem. I, I want to jump right out the gate with you. like Because I know a lot of people be wanting to know how can they get into whatever whatever their next moves are. And sound like you've been doing your move since high school. So when did you know that this was the career field that you wanted to go into being around, being a producer, being around film like that, being around sports like that? So it was actually the summer going into my senior year. They were taking I lived in one of the biggest neighborhoods in Nashville, Tennessee, and they were taking the basketball goals down. And I lived. My parents lived right across the street from the commons area. And so I spent a lot of time over at the, at the basketball court. And that was just kind of like the place where we always hung out and they would 
do pickup games all the time. I'm not the best basketball player. If you see me, I'm about five foot. So <laughs> not the best at playing basketball, but I love going over there watching and just hanging out with everyone. And so they talked about taking the basketball goals down because they didn't like how many people were conjugating there. And so whenever they did that, it was kind of a teenagers versus the adults on the teenager saying, no, we need this. This is a good place for us to go. It's a good outlet for us to go hang out and play some basketball. And the adults were saying no. And so eventually news stations got word of it since it was such a big neighborhood and it became this big neighborhood discussion. And I was one of two of the teenagers that spoke in front of the town hall meeting and all the news stations were there and everyone afterwards. I thought I wanted to go into marine, marine biology, even though I'm terrified of getting in deep water. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was going to be a good idea. But afterwards, everyone came up to me and they said, did you write that yourself? You spoke so well in front of all these cameras and um, I always grew up around sports. I grew up in the dugout. My dad coached and umpired um, my entire life. He ended up coaching me whenever I was old enough to play softball. And so I've always had a love for sports. And it just kind of all came together after that, um, speaking in front of the TV cameras that day. And that, that was about the time, um, unfortunately, that Aaron Andrews went through the peephole um, situation and that was in Nashville so that was big in the news so it was the first time really that you were having a female sports reporter in the news as much as she was and she um, really inspired me to go into this wow listen ain't it funny how stuff just add up yeah like, it is like what if that day wouldn't happen do you think if neither one of them two situations would have happened, do you even think you would have went that way or you'd have been in this water trembling trying to check on these Marines? <laughs> I probably would be in the water trembling. My senior year, I took classes preparing me to go into marine biology for college. I was taking AP classes to get me a step ahead going into college for that major. So I definitely don't think I would have... I'm, I'm eventually probably would have since I got into the recruiting side and that's how I ended up um, my boss at VFL films is what they are called. It's the UT broadcasting athletics broadcasting. Um, that's kind of how he found me is because I was always around the program and he would send me emails. Hey, I, I need you to come through here. Like you would be really good for us. And so um, I think I eventually would have found my way, but it, I definitely would have gotten a late start. Right. Look how God lined that up. So now when you got to Tennessee, you just went to rolling in it? Yeah. Started in the broadcast department. It's the communications, um, College of Communications. And then I had a focus in journalism. And whenever I was going through, it was very heavily news. Um, there was only a few sports classes. So it's crazy how times have changed because now you can do the sports path. And a lot of schools offer that now. So there's a whole, it's definitely becoming a lot bigger. Now, how did you end up at UCF? Because Nashville, a beautiful town, and then, you know, uh, Knoxville, a beautiful town. So how did you end up at UCF? Yeah, so my last stop before here is when I was in Chattanooga at the local TV station. 
and I was doing high school football and I was producing the noon show, but then I was also doing the high school football on Friday nights. And then I was the fill-in sports anchor. And so I was still getting the taste of sports, but it was a lot of news. And I got sent to a homicide. And that was whenever I kind of like threw in the town and said, news is not for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, need, I need to get back to sports 24-7. And my best friend, she was the main sports reporter at that station. And she was even being sent to news stories. So I was like, I need to get back with the school. Because then if I'm reporting for an athletic department, then I won't have to switch over into the news. And I just was looking at, I knew I wanted to live somewhere either in the South Mm -hmm. or somewhere warm on the West Coast. And I have been eyeing Orlando. It was the March before I started at UCF. I came to Orlando and I was like, I'm going to find a way to live in Orlando. Like, just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to Disney, so um, it was whenever UCF called me back after I applied, it just happened that they had an opening for the position that I wanted. So uh, it just all lined up, like you said earlier. God, God lined it up for me for sure. Yeah, see, look, every everywhere you've been looking, it been going just how you needed it to go for you to be just where you need to be at. Like when I saw you, I'm I'm rolling through Twitter and I'm like. Man, she is killing these interviews. I'm talking about. She, I, I was like, oh, I got to have her on because she, she, what I want to hear from. I want to hear how it felt to in like when you inter- interact with the um football team. How it, you don't even be nervous out there, do you? Well, you're around them so much. These guys, these players become they're like a little brother to me, and the coaches. I'm friends with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Even I hang out with them outside of practice outside of the facility and it really does become a family and so it makes it a whole lot easier um, whenever you have those relationships built off the field whenever you're doing the interviews and so it's really just having a conversation which is I think the most key part to my job is finding time to build those relationships because that's the most important part if you don't have the relationships they're not going to trust you to tell their stories and so finding the time because I don't just do football. I do all the sports, but football is definitely um, the, the big one that I cover. And so I love that aspect of it and that whenever they trust you to tell a story, for example, Brandon Moore, he's one of, he's going to be coming back. Um, he was out this past year. He had torn his ACL and, uh, and it was actually the first game of last year. And I had already been planning on doing a story on him leading into that game. He has been through so much. He, his father was killed his senior year. His father was his, his football coach and Gabe Davis. Also, they went to the same high school and um, his dad was Gabe's coach as well. Mm-hmm. But so that was the first story I did was with those two because they just came from, um, they had to overcome a lot mm-hmm. And the fact that they were, they opened up to me and let me tell their story. And then we did a second round with, we call him Bam um, for Brandon Moore, did the second round with Bam and that he continued to just trust me to really tell all that he's been through. Because after his father died, his stepfather was um, killed within the last year-ish now. Wow. And so he's just been through so much. And 
he still every time you see him has a smile and he's just he's one of my favorite players to be around and um one of the trainers said it best in the story she feels confident every day because she has a bam in her corner and that's how you feel whenever you're around these guys that it really does become a family and I'm just really blessed that they trust me to tell those more vulnerable sides to them well you've been good at what you've been doing since the day they got into dispute about this basketball court so you've been you've been <laughs> you've been around the sports you you've been around sports your whole life so you natural at it it's ain't it ain't hard to get around. It ain't hard to talk to you now. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 definitely not hard to talk to you. So I I I understand why they spill it all. Um, dude, that's crazy because me and Mike be talking about that, like how players go through so much, and then like another thing too, they put so much on the line to try to go to the NFL, which is which you should. But then right. I, I always think. Do they put enough on the line with trying to figure out what they want to do outside of football? And that'd be always my thought. Like, do they really put in enough time to think what do they want to be outside of football? Like, they could be getting to know you and learning, like, you know what? I might like doing this. Or I might like doing the video part of shooting the videos from different angles to make it look real good. Or they just might want to be in front of the camera all day and nothing else. But I don't yeah. believe they really get a chance to – maybe they do, maybe they don't. I just I always think about that. And then No, that's definitely a good point. Coach Heupel is big on preaching, you got to think about life after football. And it's kind of funny, the examples you're bringing up. So the team that I'm a part of is a really good team. Don Conrad is kind of my counterpart. He's the other senior producer, mm -hmm. and he does more of the hype videos. And Zach Peterson, our boss, um, he kind of oversees, like, the day-to-day. -day. But he also is very – he goes out and shoots as well. And so the guys are always taking our cameras and wanting to learn how to use them. Mm -hmm. And they find it so interesting whenever they're taking our gear and just um, – they'll play around. There was one time we were coming home from media days and Richie Grant and Gabe Davis, they took my camera and they said they were, I mean, I was following them to make sure they didn't break anything, but, <laughs> yeah. but they did a karaoke show in the airport. Just they're so goofy and just, especially those two, mm -hmm. they're always trying to find ways to joke around and keep it lighthearted when people are sitting in the airport and they're just, board waiting on their to board the flight right. and they're making it into a karaoke show and so they're walking up to random people with the microphone and they say all right it's your turn give me a line and then they're like trying to get that person to sing and so um it's funny whenever they get a hold of it otis anderson he's another one that loves taking the camera greg mccray loves taking it even though he is very shy um once you get him out of his out of his shell he is a character and ready to roll yeah, so um, though they're always asking JJ Jordan Johnson, who just graduated, mm -hmm. uh, he's another one. We did a little bit of stuff on camera with him. We did a cooking show with him because he's a vegan, mm -hmm. but he wanted to see the on camera side of it, and so he co-hosted that show with me, um, just so we can get them that experience of knowing what's it like to think of to map out I, it's storyboarding. And to 
go through, okay, this is what the, the open's going to be. Okay. These are some of the questions that I want to make sure we ask, because then it's going to help tell the story later on. Um, and then here's how we close it. So they do get that side of it whenever we go through it with them. There was another, for another example, we just did a um, campus tour video mm-hmm. and um, Dalton and I sat down to storyboard it. Um, so then whenever we got with Dylan Gabriel and Richie Grant was also in that one, we had all the lines for them and worked through it saying, okay, here's, um, we need to make sure we hit this because of this. And they were very curious of how we went through that whole process. And so we walked them through that and just, um, a lot of them are very interested in this side because a lot of players, that's what they do after is after football is they get into this side of it because football is all they ever known. And so they want to keep continuing to talk football. So a lot of them do get very interested in this. Exactly. And, and you, and you bless them with the details to do it, the, how to start, how to close it. This, this amazing. You're doing amazing work at UCF. I know they, I know they are extremely happy to have you there. They probably saying we got to pay her whatever we need to pay her to keep her here. Period. <laughs> I wish it was like that. <laughs> I am in Sam, college I, athletics. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Sam, I, I got I got a question I want to ask you. Yeah. I know you. I know you're a Tennessee grad. Yeah. Can you? Hey, now, now, y'all. This is just me talking to her before she even speak. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> What's going on with the Tennessee football team? Can Can we hear? Because I mean, at one point for y'all who don't know. If you might be a little younger, at one point, Tennessee was on top of the world. I'm talking about Tennessee. I mean, T. Martin, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. They were tent peerless price. They were tearing up the scene in University of T, uh, uh, Tennessee. War. Philip Farmer, he was almost like one of the top. He was like a Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney back in the day or the 90s. So could you give us a little insight on that? Yeah, uh, what your no. thought? What your thoughts are? I'm glad you brought that up because whenever I was recruiting at Tennessee, it was still the most winningest football program in history. And then it was this stretch of 10, 11 years. That's really just, that's all people now think of. And I really think coach Pruitt's going to turn it around though. Whenever I love coach Jones, I love working for coach Jones. Um, So don't take this, any other way because he was a fantastic person that really cared about the people in his program making sure whenever I saw him he would always ask about my parents he would ask about things going on in my life he always wanted to know what was going on with the people that were working in his program but those those players because I was same age as all a lot of them because I did the recruiting during my undergrad they were constantly going out they just weren't completely focused on what was happening on the field. And, um, and they were great players and great people. It was just, they were, they were college athletes, so they were going to go out. And um, I think coach Pruitt is a little bit harder on them from what I've heard. And so I, I really think he's going to turn it around. I, I mean, he's done better than what I thought was going to happen these last couple of years. First year, I thought he was going to win three games. So (laughs) just because of the state of the program, he said whenever he got there, 
just nobody was bought in at all. Nobody was motivated. Nobody wanted to do anything. And he said he had to start from ground zero. So I really did not expect anything to happen year one. And every single year, my dad and I will find one of the games to go to. And this year we got to go to the bowl game just because of it played out really well with the timing of UCF's bowl game and Tennessee's bowl game. And so um, it was really cool being able to see Tennessee win since the last time my dad and I had been to a game together that Tennessee won was Tennessee against Florida. I want to say that was 2015. It might've been 2016. Um, It was at Tennessee. I think it was 2015. And um, that was one of Tennessee's biggest um, comeback wins. I think it was Tennessee was down by 38 maybe at half and completely turned it around. And um, it was a really special game. So it was really cool to see Tennessee win again. But it's definitely – Pruitt has a lot on his hands. (laughs) Right, right. And see, the school you at right now – See, Central Florida, y'all, football, me and Simo been following – well, we follow football anyway, but we've been following football probably since uh, early elementary days. And we remember the days when Central Florida used to play downtown and now they got their own stadium, beautiful stadium, as you know, as well. And they are top-notch football program. And you now are hearing great stories that's coming out of the University of Central Florida. and. Sam, Miss Sam, I just want to know from you, like, do you have any upcoming stories with the Griffin brothers? Who, who, if y'all don't know, both of them playing for Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks, and I mean, they they was an amazing players coming out of uh, Central Florida. They got great stories. If y'all are not familiar with it, go just Google the Griffin brothers, Central Florida. It'll pop up. And or do you have any story coming out with Mackenzie Milton? Either Do you have anything coming up with either one of those? Uh, yeah. So, well, they just announced that the Griffin brothers are going to actually be speaking at um, the virtual commencement. So um, I don't know if I'll be doing anything with that, but I thought that was great that they're coming back to speak or coming back. It'll be over the computer since you can't gather in big gatherings right now. But I thought that was cool that they're wanting to give back and to the university in that way and um, give some words of encouragement because right now it's it's very tough for those seniors that were so excited to walk and that was taken away from them and they're having to understand that there's a larger situation at hand right now so I thought that was great that they're trying to bring some positivity and do that for the university Um, once they graduate they will sometimes whenever they come into town I'll interview them and do sit down so recently I just sat down with Latavius Murray right before all of this stay at home happened. It was literally the week before. Um, so there should be some stuff from him coming out soon. And then McKenzie, he's actually still in Orlando right now um, so that he can stay on track with his rehab. And I have been working from home. Um, I go into the office very rarely just to get some footage to edit some videos Um, to put on a hard drive to take home. But before all of this, um, I was filming Kim. So maybe eventually you'll see something on McKenzie. Um, We definitely have been wanting to document his journey just because he's over, talk about somebody that's overcome a lot. He has definitely overcome a lot in the last year and a half. Um, So 
he's probably hands down. I call him sweet baby angel KZ, even though he's now, <laughs> what, 20, 21? 20, he's probably about to be 22. So, yeah, he turns 22 this year. So, um, yeah, he's he's always been um, – he's the sweetest kid. And it's just so unfortunate what happened to him. But I don't think if that had happened to anyone else, I don't think they would have come back like KZ. He's so determined, and he just – you were talking earlier, God's plan. Like he knows it's God. It was God's plan. And whenever I did that story on Bam, Mackenzie was in it because those two roomed together freshman year and they have been by each other's side through their recovery process. They're in there. Bam is still doing his rehab right now. And they're in there together, pushing each other every single day. And KZ said in that story, I know that what happened to me, happened so that I could be here to help Bam and he's just an incredible kid that's so selfless so um, whenever that time comes and we're able to put together a full story on him it'll definitely happen we're just um, rooting for him right now and just documenting it all so Miss Sammy, Samantha, Kincaid, I just want to thank you again for coming on and for all y'all young fellas out there and young ladies is other options to, you know, look into when you come out of football, not just coaching, not just, you know, taking photos. You got broadcasting. You got a whole list of things that you can, you know, attribute to and, you know, be a part of and have fun and enjoy in athletics, period. And I just want to thank her for coming on and being such an inspiration to all those who are around her. And she may not know it, but she inspiring a lot of people in with this great story it was such a you know amazing story to hear and i love the fact that she still go to games with her father I, me and Simo, we got daughters as well with us loving football hopefully when they grow up they'll go attend a game or two with us i know i would love it i'm pretty sure he would too as well and i just want to say thank you again to miss kincaid for coming on the university of tennessee should be proud and her parents have done a great job and the University of Central Florida has something very special that's going on that she's going to provide continuous. So I'm going to leave y'all like I always leave y'all. Keep your head up and not down or else you'll fall to the ground. It's the Life and Football Podcast. Catch you next time.